When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Uh, for the first time in 2023, I think uh, just about everybody's Ireland will be back tomorrow. Shadano and Cappy are here. Uh, Shadano, Cappy, how was the uh, holiday? You feeling okay? Uh, yeah, it was everybody? okay. Uh, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on, but uh, you know, we're here, which is good. And considering what transpired last night, I think that's something everybody should yeah, feel good about. Absolutely. Here, absolutely. You know? Were Gosh, you watching the game? Um, yeah, so I was watch. I was in the car initially. Yeah. Um, so I heard Kevin Harlan. I was listening to Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner do the game uh, on Sirius XM Radio. I guess they were doing the Westwood One call. Right. And uh, I was picking up my daughter from somewhere and going back home and listening, and you could hear like immediately the gravity in Kevin Harlan's voice. Yeah. And Kurt Warner. Uh, and then when I got home, I was able to see it. Um, and then I went back on social media and found the you know, the instance of when it happened. Um, and yeah, it's just jarring to watch, man. I mean. It's something that I feel like we all kind of say and we kind of trivialize, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, someone in that sport eventually, you know, is gonna it's gonna be really serious. Right. And here it is. And now we're all like, Oh wow, yeah, that is really possible. It's different when you actually visualize sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Cappy. Yeah, but no one really thought like somebody's gonna get you know, somebody's gonna have cardiac arrest on the field. You know, like we've seen a player like Tua you know, get up and crumble to the ground, and we're like, man, the head injuries, you know, sure. the, the concussions, man, it's it's a real problem for the NFL. But I mean, I can't imagine that any of us would have ever thought that this is where we'd be starting the year. Well, I don't think you anyone know? thought we'd be starting the year here, but I, I mean, I absolutely think because the sport is so violent that this was eventually something we were going yeah, to except, see. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. I mean, I the the head issue the the concussion issue i think is real and ongoing and that's all connected yeah but this is like a one in a million shot well this, more this more than one in a million this, I mean, it's like one in this a tackle a similar tackle was made probably 200 times this weekend right. but you know but, sure. but mace but what we don't know is and and this is what i'm sure everybody here has been doing all day whether it's listening to medical experts or contacting medical experts or trying to find some little inkling of information what we don't know is does did the did the young man have a pre-existing condition of some sort or will we find out that it was just simply the trauma of the hit to the chest because as we all know i mean the padding today that the players use in the nfl sure. is so different than what it was a generation ago the pads are so much smaller everybody wants to wear less be lighter be more mobile etc and so was it simply a matter of the hit to the chest that caused the trauma or might we find out that there is more to the story that we wouldn't have known going in? I, either way, what does it really matter? Right? Yeah, I mean, what's it, what, exactly. You know, what does it matter? I mean, uh, I, 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 listen, guys, I, I've done, and as everybody here has done, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of NFL game broadcasts. Yep. As I said to my kids last night, hold on here, because my one daughter said, Dad, go back to the basketball game. Let's go watch the Lakers. There's, there's nothing going on. I said, no, hold on. We've never seen an ambulance come onto the field before. Has anybody ever seen an I, ambulance? Yeah, I, I have. have been told it has happened. I don't recall a specific incident. Me neither. Uh, when Dennis Bird, um, the Jets, okay. uh, broke his neck, I remember that. Now, being so, so that's a great example, George. So, so Dennis Bird is a good example. Um, do you guys remember the name Mike Utley from the yeah, early sure. 90s? Yeah, sure. Mike Utley, yeah. 
right? See, the thing is, is that when those guys were taken off the field, now I don't remember the, the ambulance, George, perhaps you do, but, but when those guys were taken off the field, at the moment, we don't know that they're paralyzed. In fact, in Utley's case, he gave the thumbs up sign, yeah. if you guys may recall. Um, so this was, this was different than anything I know I'd ever seen. And I was on the sidelines for NFL games for 20 years. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I I have not either. And it was, you know, just watching a lot. It was chilling. It was if you read the the text of what uh, what Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were saying, they there was no clear incident. I mean, in fact, Joe Buck said, uh, you know, this is what Joe Burrow does so well after. Um, after T. Higgins made that run and threw underneath, and 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 then Troy said, "I, I think there's a Buffalo Bills player down," mm-hmm. um, and nobody because knew. He stood up and then collapsed. Correct, and it wasn't like an obvious, uh, like we were saying, this this hit happens a lot. This hit has happened hundreds of thousands of times and has not led to this. Right. Uh, by the way, got a. Uh, but Momo- did you honestly think it would never happen? I mean, you couldn't be that naive in a sport that violent, right? It's like boxing, right? We've, yeah, boxing. You know, it's, it happens. And, and, but and I, race I would car have driving. expected I mean, a concussion, no, a head injury. But you, I mean, and listen, I'm not trying to be like macabre or even trivial about this. Like, it, the sport is brutal because of the way it's brutal. And I understand sure. the padding has changed and all things like that. But you're still collide. You're. The way that it's been described to me over the years by guys who played this game was basically that. We are literally having car crashes with our bodies yeah, multiple times a game. And in some cases, yeah. you know, almost 100 times a game. So it's it's inevitable that somebody's body was going to give out at some point, unfortunately. And hopefully that this gentleman, this young man's body does not give out and we can he can live a, a long, prosperous life after this. But the eventuality in a sport that's so physical um, and so brutal was that this was the case. But by the way, it also, I would say adds a layer to the bravery that it takes to play a sport like sure. this or to be a boxer or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like to take the type of hits that these people are taking, it it should bring a completely newfound respect sure. because of the yeah. of, of how fragile this all can be. These are very dangerous jobs. Yeah. Very dangerous jobs. Um, Josh Reed is a reporter in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he just spoke with Damar Hamlin's uncle. Damar was originally on 100% oxygen is now down to 50%. Okay, that's good. Says the family's hanging in there. Thank Bills fans of Buffalo uh, and Bengals fans uh, and ask for uh, continued prayer. So maybe that's a piece of good news that comes out of all this. Uh, not necessarily expecting, you know, a an update tonight. No, absolutely not. I would imagine that this will take days, even weeks, I think, perhaps, before we find out um, that he is in the clear, and hopefully that is the case. Well, you know, this gets back to what you guys were just talking about, which is what happens now with the season, which yeah. I think is a somewhat natural progression of thought process. Because I know last night, if you were following on social media, there were a lot of people questioning, well, what are they going to do about this game? Because it was a big game going in, right. because of their records, et cetera, et cetera. Now, all of that conversation is not as important today because we're talking about a kid in his life and by all accounts this is a great kid so we're all rooting and cheering and praying and everything else sending positive vibrations etc to this young man and his family but as far as the rest of the season you know just talking to people around the league today 
um, and I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm talking about two or three guys that I was talking to saying, do you think you guys are going to play this weekend? And there's a lot of, I, I think, thought inside of teams saying, we have to wait and find out. Yeah, you shouldn't play until you know there's some sort of resolution right. to yeah. his status. Although right. we're now talking about you know whether or not they you know they they have the flexibility to be able to not play this weekend right because they've got the they've the got bye the, week between the, the championship week. game and the Super Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to make that decision relatively quickly because yeah. teams got to get ready for games. I, w- I would just do it right now. There's no reason to play this weekend. You think no reason to play? Nope. I um I would guess again just not necessarily a pure opinion here but just talking to some people I would guess that by tomorrow around this time there will be a decision by the league and a lot of that decision might be about his status um mm-hmm. I'll get deeper into it cuz I've I've got a few texts from some people that okay. that have uh you know kind of given me some indications and again I'm not saying it's 100% accurate I'm just telling you some some people inside the league with some thoughts but um, I would think by tomorrow afternoon around this time, we may have an answer as to, yes, the league is going to go on and play week 18 is scheduled, or no, we, we need to, to delay and push back. Yeah, and I think, by the way, the, you're, you're right. The news we get in the next 24 hours is going to be critical to making that uh, decision. Uh, yeah, without for sure. question. I mean, 100%. we're going to see exactly what. what By the way, on. and there's nothing wrong in waiting a little bit. No, just like last night, there was no. I mean, there were people yeah. saying cancel the game, cancel the game, cancel the game. Well, you know what? They deliberated, coaches talked, players talked, and, and, and players' by the way, union. They knew they were going to cancel. Oh, that game, absolutely! But they, they did knew. not let everyone know because the minute they let anyone know that can have reach to the public. That entire stadium, all of a sudden, is a herd yeah. leaving the stadium, which then could have caused an issue for the ambulance for the going ambulance. two miles away to the hospital. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, good point. Well, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a different comparison, but I remember when the NBA didn't play. Um, remember, all of a sudden, they just didn't play on March 11th. They, they just canceled all the games, and it was like, oh, they have to cancel the rest of the season. And then they went to the bubble, and then the Bucks protested after the shooting in. Um, or the right. stabbing in, in Kenosha. Yep. And it was like, everything feels like, unpre- when something feels unprecedented and there's no handbook for what you do next, you just take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> just take a breath and give it some time. And, um, you know, I think that's really where the NFL is right now. Like, there's, you know, you just, like, it's unprecedented right now. So don't right. be in a rush to decide. And, and but, by the but way, there is a time issue in terms of giving teams clarity on how they prepare. And, and what we've learned here, okay in the last, I don't know, decade plus, yep. is that there's always going to be someone that's going to criticize you yeah. no matter what you do. Yeah. So you might as well take your time and feel good about whatever it is the yeah. decision you're going to make. And that applies to this or anything, really. You know. Yeah, and in fact, there was that scene last night when um, they, they the cameras catch the two coaches, the referees, and a league executive. I don't know who the woman was, but... Yeah, she apparently goes to every uh, Monday night game. I heard... Donna Ponte. I know who Donna she is. Ponte. She used to work for the go. Dolphins. Yeah. 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 So um, there's that scene where she's holding a cell phone and she kind of hands it off to one coach. He hands it off to the other coach. They hand it back to her. And while we don't have official word as to who was talking to who, I don't know if it was Troy Vincent on the other end of the phone or if it was Roger Goodell on the other end of right. the phone. But, but everybody is is communicating in that moment, what should we do? Can your guys go back out? Should we, I mean, I'm just kind of you know guessing here yeah, what the right. conversation was, but... I mean, you talk about the intensity of a situation where 
and I heard you saying this earlier, Mason, I agree. I mean, I think ESPN did a phenomenal job last night yeah. of covering this. Yeah. Lisa um, Salters did a master class. She was fantastic. And her last, her last yes. uh, stand up was with Van Pelt. Yeah. With right. Van Pelt was so powerful. I mean, you could just feel the emotion that she was, you know, feeling and and how she was trying so hard to keep it together, but yet she was just cracking. And as a viewer, you could just feel, you know, what, what she was giving us because she was on the spot. You know, um, but that that scene down below the stadium where they're they're talking and they're communicating and they're trying to figure it out. I mean, it just was a very intense night, obviously for everybody involved, but for for we, the television viewing audience, we've just never seen anything like it. before. Right. It was chilling and not knowing was scary and watching the reactions from players was scary. Um, I mean, the, the whole yeah. thing. And, you know, we were. We were in the. I think everybody was in the dark when it when it happened and yeah. exactly what was going on beyond that ring of players. We did find out that there was there were life saving procedures underway, and we've talked to multiple guys, Kirk Morrison, Toy Cook today, that that you know the fact that it happened there with so many medical professionals and first responders there is actually a benefit. Was that a it benefit exactly. in a situation like that because that can happen at a random football yeah. game anywhere. That doesn't have that kind of medical attention um, that can, where a person could be expedited that quickly. Yeah. 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 A friend of mine today said he's a doctor, a team doctor, and he said, um, other than being in a hospital, uh, an emergency room, if this were going to happen to you, the best possible place it could happen would be on an NFL football field because there's actually protocols in place as to how to handle situations like these. And there's all kinds of medical staff right there on the spot. And there's a hospital waiting, you know, should something happen along the way. It's just that we never see it happen. So we don't even know about this stuff. And then we find out about it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and it's been a weird day to do. It has been a weird day. Very weird day. Very weird day. Yeah. I see you're wearing your SC shirt, though. I am. He always does that. In solidarity? In solidarity. Okay. It's just a bowl game. I always wear a meaningless one to boot. Yeah, I right. always I wear mean, the. I always rep the team that lost, even though they lost. Mm. Did you do that, is that with that the Dodgers move? too? Yeah, yeah, that is my move. That's a yeah. mace move. Hashtag mace move. Hashtag mace. Move. Hashtag exactly. loyal. Yeah, real, loyal. real, real fan. I'm life. there. I'm there. Yeah. I mean, the defense isn't, but I'm there. Yeah, the defense was not. Mm. Oof. Mm. Oof. Well, there's that a lot was of a celebrating down, going though. on in my house, though. I can tell you that. Right, because you have a daughter that went to Tulane. My daughter was going crazy, and um, all of her friends they were all going nuts and. You know, I don't think anybody, in fact, George and I were tweeting yesterday, this is the beginning of the game, I think SC had a 14-0 lead, and we're like, look, it's a different level of competition. Tulane had yeah. a really nice year in a really nice mid-major conference, but they don't play in the Pac-12, and they don't play against teams like SC, and they don't see players of the caliber of SC. But I will say, it goes back, George, to something that Fat Jack had said to us, which is, this time of year, especially in meaningless bowl games... Who wants to be there? Yeah, right? who's got the motivation? Who wants it? Yeah. yeah. And Tulane had something to say. Although, i got to be honest, when, they were, when, we, when uh, the Trojans were up 14, uh, five minutes left, Juan said, okay, we can turn the game off, it's yeah. over. I'm like, mm. you clearly have not watched the USC defense <laughs> yeah. because this game is not over. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, their defense is, look, it's been a consistent, uh, constant issue the entire season. We've talked about that. Yeah, we have. When you were sitting here saying they were going to win the national championship uh, in his first year, well, whatever you said. But I said the, their defense is terrible. They were a win away from getting to the playoff. They were a win yeah, away. Yeah, they were. The, beat, I get it. But beat Utah def- once and they're in the yeah, playoff. Yeah, but you don't know if they beat Utah. Even, By the even way, how many points would Georgia have it scored It was like 52-51 oh the first God. game. <laughs> right. 
What's that? It was 52-51. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 41, I think 51. Yeah. Oh, because U.S., that would be yeah. more points. Yeah. Point that is, would be it was very, a one-point yeah. game. So, yeah. But nonetheless, the second time they played, I mean, their defense is still bad. Yep. But, but. It's a <laughs> but, bad match. It's styles but, make fights. Yeah, That's a bad matchup for in addition to, But in addition to the bad defense. To have a special team screw up that oh my was goodness. that was on major. a kickoff return yeah. that ultimately leads to a safety, which yeah. means then yeah. Tulane's going to get the ball back. I mean, right. th- everything kind of had to go Tulane's way, yeah. yeah, and it did, yeah. Yeah, it was, also meant a whole lot more to them. Oh my of god, yeah, it, no sure. Doubt. I, mean, I mean, no doubt. The, I, I I mean, no offense, Scott, but I I wasn't sure that. Like they had a team still. Oh, no. Oh, they they had a good year. Oh, hey, Momo. My my daughter said to me, she was, Dad, when I picked Tulane, I didn't know I was going to a football school. Yeah. You weren't. Like it was, (laughs) that was one of those ones. Did they cancel football a couple years ago? Yeah. There was a bunch of schools that did that. We saw them. And look, and and on one hand, you might say, hey, look, these guys can go out and recruit now and they can get into houses that they couldn't get into before because they can walk in and go, we just beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. But on the other hand, they can't pay. The reality, exactly. The reality is, they will not compete in the NIL world. But here's what I will tell you. Louisiana is such a rich state when it comes to football that you can get the secondary Maybe you kids. will get. Oh, you'll get the secondary. You and you can still, still be really good. Yeah. No, yeah. no different than how a school like Central Florida or South Florida Correct. get the fourth and fifth kid from yeah. Miami, Florida, and Florida State. Yeah. Or teams like San Diego State or yeah. Fresno State, they get the, the fourth and fifth kid that doesn't go to USC and UCLA. Right. Or Stanford. That's possible. Right. Well, uh, Stanford a little love. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to call for the <laughs> it's firing. Just, just tomorrow I'm going to call for the firing of the defensive coordinator. I didn't want to do that. The Grinch? Me. The Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the, the Grinch on the Grinch? Grinch? The Grinch who stole New Year's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, coming up, uh, Shadano and Cappy. Will, not as many shenanigans today. Not a no, lot of shenanigans. No. We'll have maybe an occasional one. Right. But, right. you know. That's okay. Yeah. It'll be organic. Yeah. yeah. Um, they will have the latest on DeMar Hamlin throughout the afternoon. Any information that comes in on that yeah. story, they Still will Still can guarantee break. there'll be some stupidity, though. I just okay. don't know what. Yeah. It, we we did a stupidity. We'll be it, won't it won't be planned stupidity. Right. Is the I was a little stupid. Yeah, you were. I forgot. I forgot. SC. You know, I wasn't cl- totally clear. Yeah, on the Momo national thought champion. USC never won a national. I was like, did they win? I feel like there was some confusion around. I couldn't Come remember. On. It was a long time you ago. That and I was like, I could be wrong. No, I knew they were really good. Yeah. I just couldn't remember the details. Yeah. In football? Yeah. It was fuzzy. Yeah. She. She Have said, you not slept recently? She said USC no, I don't never really. won a national <laughs> championship. <laughs> Two children. I know. I know the feeling. <laughs> One's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, I'll let you know. Ireland is back in studio. But I own it. You know, I own my stupidity. We will do a traditional Mason and so Ireland we, show with uh, the latest on uh, Ireland all the big back. stories. Yeah. Plus, we will goof around tomorrow. Yeah. Ireland. My goodness. That guy. It, it, see, I know they fly charter, which is great. Yeah. yeah. But imagine how many frequent flyer miles he would have gotten. Oh, man. From you know? that trip? I mean, yeah. they've just been gone forever. Like, I just... We wound up doing two shows together, one show in, in person. Studio. Yeah. In December. Yeah. Uh, hey, this portion of the show brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Southern California chill all season long. Coming up next for you is Shadano and Cappy here on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Cappy. Jump right into it, George. I know that we, um, we, uh, we all had uh, you know, interesting holidays, and obviously yesterday's situation really kind of changes the tone of today's show, as I'm sure people have heard today on the station. But I, I want to ask you, because we didn't really get into it as much during the crosstalk, but when you consumed it, I, I guess, what was your initial just kind of reaction? Was there a reaction? Well, I mean, listen, I'm watching the game last night, and I will just say this. Last night, Cincinnati-Buffalo was a monster game going in. Let, let's, let's talk about the game before the injury for just a minute here, George. You obviously understand, any football fan would know, wait a second. You got Josh Allen on one side, Joe Burrow on the other. You got all these great skill players on both sides of the ball. And you got two teams that are battling for playoff positioning, right? I mean, one team was 12-3 and going in. The other team was 11-4 and going in. You're talking about pre-injury. This is a big playoff game, right? Mm -hmm. So we're so early in the game. We're in the first quarter at 7-3. And when the young man falls backwards, don't you think that most everybody kind of thought concussion? Because we've seen it now so many times. Yeah, of course, initially, sure. Right. But as I said to you during the crosstalk, super crosstalk, when an ambulance comes on to an NFL field, something has gone drastically wrong. Because we are now conditioned as fans. We are wired. And I would say we. I don't mean just me and you and, and everybody who's tuning in this afternoon. Happy New Year, everybody. But like even the players themselves, do, do you remember there's a point where Joe Buck says, uh, okay, well, they're going to give the teams five minutes each. And when he says that they're going to give the teams five minutes to re-warm up, the director moves the camera and says, you know, shot four. And it's Joe Burrow throwing the ball, right? Right. So even the players themselves, and they had a much better view of it than we all did, even they were conditioned to, they're going to move him and we're going to finish and we're going to keep playing. But little did anybody know in that moment how, how serious the situation was and you know ambulance comes on the field as joe buck said aggressive cpr now cpr is you know that's a revival move in and of itself but the way buck was describing it aggressive cpr meant this isn't just like some cpr like hey breathe and push on his chest this is greater than that this is there's something else going on here medical professionals are doing aggressive cpr so at that point, George, I said this to you during the crosstalk, but I have literally been on the sidelines for dozens and dozens and dozens of NFL games over the course of 20 years. I've never one time seen an ambulance come onto a field. Never. Yeah, look, I think my reaction to it was just I needed to die. I needed time to digest it, to be honest with you, and just kind of like really think about what we just witnessed. And 
For years, right, I've been on these airwaves talking about, um, you know, whether it's here or TV or whatever, right? Like, just talking about, like, hey, man, this sport is going to be, eventually, we're going to get to a scenario where all these brain injuries are going to cause someone to have a real, uh, an even more serious injury with more instance to it. And I, so I, I, I hate that I was, that that eventually happened, um, and I hope it never happens again. But the NFL has a real problem on their hands here, Cap. And what I would say to you is this, is that if they mishandle this moving forward, and this young man, hopefully it doesn't happen, you know, if the worst case scenario happens, and he, I don't actually, you know what, I would take that back. I don't even think the worst case scenario has to happen anymore. I think that players and the Players Association are going to revisit this situation, and they're going to look at the NFL, as in the, the league, and the owners, and say, there needs to be real change here. And the only change that can really happen, because yes, there could be advances in uh, technology, right, with the padding that you discussed earlier during crosstalk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that they're going, they, they, and look, they have a ton of medical staff, as you discussed as well. But the real change here is they are literally putting their lives on the line. Right? This is a now an instance where, you know, we've always kind of trivialized that term, but now we are potentially seeing that in real time. And I think that there's going to be a real discussion as to how to handle um, particularly the compensation for these players moving forward, putting their life on the line uh, in a sport for our entertainment. Like that, you know, in a sport that makes billions and billions of dollars, and not to equate the two perfectly because it's it's not apples to apples, but it's somewhat kind of what we saw in college football with NIL, right? Where people eventually were like, enough is enough. Everyone's making billions except the kids. Well, you've got a lot of guys, and you know this, Cap, you, you were a roster cut, right, when you were in the NFL. There are a lot of guys in this sport that don't make a lot of money. Like, I would say the overwhelming majority of them don't make a lot of money. What we see is a lot of the quarterbacks make a lot of money. There are a handful of players maybe on each team that make a lot of money. But the rest of these guys, they play a couple years and it's out. The average player length, career length, is three and a half seasons. Mm -hmm. Which means I think the NFL is in for a, a potential battle once this is over with this young man. And hopefully, uh, again, this young man pulls through and we see, you know, this workout where he can live his life again. But I think the NFL is in deep trouble here no matter what. Forget the criticism they've already been levied upon. This thing is going to get worse for them moving forward. Well, this kid right here, DeMar Hamlin, what's interesting about this young man, and, and let's be honest about it, George, if he doesn't you know, get hurt last night, if he doesn't have this cardiac arrest situation, he could have played that entire game, and unless he makes a big play, he could have been invisible. Meaning he's a sixth round draft choice. He's a second year player. He's in the game because, you know, the guy in front of him, Micah Hyde, has been hurt all year long. Turns out he's become a really, really important part of their defense. He's mm-hmm. the third leading tackler. So he, he's, he's a guy that the average fan probably did not know his name. Um, and then all of a sudden now today, everybody knows his name. And by all accounts, this is a really, really good kid. But back to your point, when you're a sixth-round draft choice, chances are you get a very you know, nominal signing bonus. A modest by, contract. By NFL standards, right? You're probably making what is NFL minimum 
because, which by the way is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 500000 maybe it's 600000 which don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money for us, but in the NFL, you, you can't hang out with your quarterback, you know? Uh, you can't go on vacation. Well, and it's not life-changing money is what I would say. Yes, correct. So, so this young man, the likelihood that a sixth-round draft choice is A, going to make the team, and B, ever really play on anything other than special teams, he's already beaten the odds to get to where he was. Correct. But now the question is, and and you know this gets back to what you were saying is, you know, is he going to come out of this? Number one, is he going to walk out of that hospital and be able to live a a life beyond this? Forget about whether or not he's ever going to play again. Although, believe it or not, as as we you know hear about these stories all day, there was a soccer player about two years ago, Erickson. Yes, that collapsed on the field on ESPN television. Went into cardiac arrest. Yeah was revived on the field, but yep. was awake when he was taken off the field. Mm-hmm. And do you realize that he played this morning? I, I, somebody told me whether it was Man City, Man U, I, I don't know which Manchester team. He actually played soccer today, two years later. Yeah. So, you know, in talking to medical experts today... It's Man U, by the way. Thank you. Um, it's, it's not inconceivable that this kid will... I mean, a lot of people are thinking there's a lot of information that suggests that he might be doing fine or might be doing better than we know is, is probably a better way of saying it. Um, I was talking to somebody today, George, and I, I, I obviously I can't tell you who, um, but this is a friend of mine who told me, um, and here I'll read it to you. Uh, she said, sounds like the vital signs are good and they may try to wake him up tonight or tomorrow. There's concern over how long he went without oxygen to the brain, assuming that they got to him fast enough. And this I can't really say, and I'm not trying to break any news, and I'm not breaking any news. I'm just saying that I know somebody who's close to the, the bills, et cetera, et cetera. And what she then t- said to me was, we're all waiting to see what happens if and when he wakes up, presumably within the next 24-ish hours or so. And if it's good, if he's up and, and things look good, then theoretically the league will move on this week with, with regular season games. If it's bad... Then you have to you have to right. stop. Yeah, you can't. Play. So, I just, I, George, I got to tell you, man, um, I, this is going to sound crazy. Like, you ever have somebody who in your family that's sick, and they have like a really bad stomach problem, and then all of a sudden your stomach starts to hurt? Have you ever had that happen? Sympathy pains is what Sympathy you're saying. Sympathy pain. My chest hurts all day today, and I don't mean. Well, this- I know why your chest hurts because mine does too. It's anxiety because you just so- witnessed something, even though we weren't there literally, but we saw it on television. And you're having sympathy pains. You're having anxiety uh, over what you just witnessed, considering, you know, I, I understand you are a special teams player. Nonetheless, you're still taking hits on kickoff yeah. returns and things like that. You you know, you and that and you kick off return as a kicker how many times a game? Yeah, I mean it happens during right. during the game. How you, many you, times a game did you kick off? Know, four, five, six Easily. Times a game, right. right. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's plenty. Um, okay. And and multiply that times every game that you played. So you have that plus your son. Uh, is is in the same scenario. So I, I do think that, yeah, you're just having a normal, natural human reaction there. Yeah, and, and I'll just say, just again, on a, on a highly personal note here, um, you know, look, this, this is a kid who I, I didn't, I knew he, who he was, not as a Buffalo Bill. I knew who Pitt. he was as a Pitt Panther. Right. And so when you play at USC, when you play at Pitt, when you play at schools like these, there's a brotherhood. You know, when I'm an 18-year-old kid sitting in a locker room and Dan Marino walks in the locker room, I'm like, oh, my God, there's Dan Marino. But 
it's very natural for guys to come back and be part of the program and get to know the kids. It's why Aaron Donald is back there every offseason. You know, that's his home. That's where he's at. That's, that's where his heart's at. Um, and so there's a brotherhood. You know, I mean, when I was at a SC game a few weeks back, it was interesting to watch the current young kids who were like just fresh out of USC and playing in the NFL come up to a Carson Palmer. There's a brotherhood. They may not know each other, but they know who each other is, and there is a brotherhood. And I feel that way. You know, I've seen Lewis Riddick tweets. Um, he feels that way. So there's a there's a feeling of like one of our own. Something yeah. you know really crazy happened last night. And I sure. think the other thing is, you know, when there's bad news, and I don't mean sports news. I just mean bad news. Have you ever like watched too much news where you're like, oh my yeah. god, I got to mm-hmm. turn off the TV. I'm dying over here. I've literally had it on all day. I've seen the same shots, the same videos. I've heard the same commentary, and yet I can't turn it off. So like, well, I was, I was just- scrolling on my phone. I was up late. After a while, I stopped watching Scott Van Pelt Sports Center because I had already consumed too much. To your point, so I flipped over to some basketball and I watched the Warriors a little bit and I watched the Clippers and the Heat, and and then I was, but after I was done with that, I went back, and it was everywhere. It was on the news channels, it was on the sports channels, and I stayed up watching until like midnight and scrolling through my phone, hoping we'd get some sort of alert that would tell us, hey, this kid's going to be okay. Yeah, for me, uh, when I actually went to sleep last night, I first thing I did this morning when I woke up, call it five a.m. is grab my phone, go to ESPN.com. Somebody tell me something good. Yeah, you know. And then when I didn't see it, back to Twitter. Like somebody give me something good here, and yeah. we don't have that yet. Well, the sports world beyond just football yesterday was paying their respects and having a conversation about this situation. So. Uh, we can get into some of that, including LeBron, uh, who had some comments about this in his postgame yesterday. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you, Christopher. So the other thing I thought about, and I want, to, I want people to hear from LeBron here in a second, in regards to what transpired. And we will be talking sports today. Um, what I will say is, obviously, if something happens um, and we get an alert uh, to some news or an update in this situation, I mean, it's a developing story. It's an ongoing story, so we'll keep you up to date. But we are going to do uh, the show beyond just this one particular conversation. But Although although it does seem, don't you feel like really somber and gray? And, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, kinda, and to your point, I think that the here in Southern California, the fact that it is um, a gray day in general, I don't think helps, right? Um, and look, I think that there's just a lot to that, right? Like, I think that everyone, people witnessed something. I mean, literally, the man died on the field. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, when, when you hear that they, 
um, that they aggressively did CPR to revive him. When you hear the word revive, right. revive would indicate to me that he was he had he had deceased. Right, yeah. his heart had stopped, and they brought him back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, listen, George, again, I, I've said it to you just a few moments ago, but I think I've got myself and anybody else who's in this boat, you're kind of, you can feel me on this. Mm-hmm. I've got myself so that I've been watching this literally all day from like seven in the morning till now. Yeah. I've seen the same interviews. I've seen the same videos. I've seen the same analysis. I've seen the same medical experts and there's nothing new, but I can't stop watching it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you know, like the person I we we were asked this question today when I was doing around the horn, and we were asked about like, like where did your mind go? And obviously the immediacy is like, oh my goodness, is that young man going to be okay? The second place my mind went was, what are his parents thinking right now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, like what he's what? 24. And his mom was there, obviously. He's so, 24. I mean, he's twenty four. Yeah, and I know we all think twenty four is a grown man. No, um, man, come on. 24 is a child. Yeah. Okay. Now, when I was 24, I thought I knew what was going on. I right. thought I was a grown up, but I wasn't. Yeah. And now that I'm 50, <clears throat> um, I realize that 24 is a child. And by the way, when mm-hmm. I have a 22 year old kid, I realize that 24 is a little baby. He's mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, uh, or mom in this case, they're at the game. Yeah. Rooting him on no different than when he was in high school or yeah. college or mm-hmm. even before that. I mean, he's yep. still a little baby. Right. For a for an athlete to be in excellent physical condition, a world class athlete to have this happen on a field, mm-hmm. you know, I've been asking medical experts literally. I mean, I've called everybody I know today, George, and I'm saying, hey, is it possible? I mean, just tell me, is it possible that maybe he had a condition that he or the league or the team didn't know about, and that's what happened? Like, is it 100 percent because he got hit in the chest and he? took this collision and the collision caused the heart to stop but again watching this all day long and seeing the players on the field many of them with their backs turned to the to the player who's down because they don't even want to watch of course and then these young men hysterical crying yeah in a in uniform on a field yeah i mean it, it was it was agonizing to watch in a lot of ways. But, yeah, I immediately also went just to his parents, though. Like, yeah. again, just because his mom, like, I don't know, man. It's you just, know. it's you know, what's one thing about these kinds of moments, though, mm-hmm. isn't it interesting that, again, many people would not know who DeMar Hamlin was if it, if it wasn't for the events of last night, okay? You've heard the story of him having a charity, right? And he was trying to do a toy drive. Yeah, right? you've heard about this, right? And the silver lining is that, despite our basic situation where we all kind of dislike each other for the most part, uh, or there's so much uh, strife between people, humanity inherently is good because I, I you're going to get to a point where you're going to talk about the uh, the fact that his toy drive had a very low bar to reach, and now it has eclipsed that by hundred or a thousand times, basically. Low bar. Th- yeah. This kid, all he wanted to do, because again, by all accounts. He's a really nice, sweet kid. Right. He wanted to just buy some kids toys for some kids for the holidays. For, the, for his like mom. And it was like a, it was like a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's all he listen, wanted. Listen, I get it. He's not making ten million a year or twenty million a year. Right. But it's five or six hundred thousand dollars a year. If you wanted to raise twenty five hundred bucks, you could stroke a check real easy. But instead of stroking a check, it's like no, no. Let me go to the community and let me get other people involved. Let's raise twenty five hundred dollars to buy these kids gifts. 
over 160 some odd thousand people. Think about that. 160,000 people, and I'm, I'm estimating numbers here, have collectively now, in under 24 hours, raised well beyond $5 million. Mm-hmm. I've seen donations of 20,000, I've seen donations of 20. The point is, is that everybody around the country went, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this before. I hope this kid is okay, and I want to do something. So here's 20 bucks. Yeah, it's a sign of both respect and um, and remorse, right, at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, $5.5 million. That just, you're so right. Like, for all the anger and all the cancel culture and all the hatred on Twitter and the toxicity, et cetera, et cetera, at times, social media can um, can actually turn into be a somewhat good thing, right? Yeah, for sure. But I do think that the, the I thought the rest of the sports world, while guys were watching, then obviously social media was something that they watched. Like they, you know, everybody. It's the only thing that was being consumed on social media. It felt like for a stretch of time yesterday. So as guys wrapped up what they were doing in other aspects of sports, they were commenting on it. And and LeBron specifically after the Lakers game in Charlotte yesterday was asked about it. And here's what what he said. I've seen the play, but I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, my my thoughts and, and super prayers goes up to the skies above for that kid's family, for him, for you know that brotherhood of the NFL and everybody a part of the NFL family. It's definitely the right call by either whoever made that call, Roger, Roger Goodell, or whoever had an opportunity, the, the authority to make that call to suspend that. Uh, the safety of our of players in, in all sports is always the most important. So, you know, it's a, it was a terrible thing to see. And, and I wish, uh, you know, nothing but the best for that kid, uh, for the city uh, of Buffalo, for the franchise of the Bills. Um, and like I said, for the rest of the NFL, too, as well. And also the Bengals that was there, um, and, you know, playing that game. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the NFL. I'm a huge fan of football. And, you know, you, you never want to see anything like that happen, um, even in that, the type of competition that they're playing in. Yeah, I mean, it's jarring to watch. I don't think anyone who saw it didn't feel the exact same way. I know Eric Spolster yesterday after the Heat beat the Clippers talked about, um, you know, he started his press conference, just kind of some brief comments about it. He said, look, I know I'm late to the game here because, you know, uh, because everybody's already commented on this, but, you know, um, here's what I thought. And he, you know, said what he said. I don't know if you know this, though, Cap, but, you know, Eric Spolstra, um, I may have said this to you before. I may have even said in the last segment, it's been such a weird day, I don't even remember anymore. Um, but, um, Eric Spolstra was the opposing point guard when Hank Gathers passed away. Did not know that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was defend. You know, he was one of the guys defending him. So in that um, game, yeah, because you know, I, I've been thinking about it all day. You know, when Hank Gathers is an example of something that we had seen that that nobody had ever really seen before, and it was back then. Remember, that was on television. Yeah, you know, we we got it on ESPN on on cable TV, and we thought that was reaching a lot of people. There was no Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, back then. Um, so not everybody, and, and it was also college basketball, right? And it, it it just it wasn't on the platform. It wasn't this sort of a stage. You know, I've been thinking about other guys too. Like I saw a buddy of mine, a guy by the name of Mitch Berger, who was a punter with the Vikings and with the Steelers, won a Super Bowl with the Steelers, and he put out a picture today on Instagram of a guy. Do you remember the name Corey Stringer? Yeah, Does that name sound familiar. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman. Right, going. He back passed to the- away during a uh, training camp. Right, uh, heat exhaustion. Right. So, so they it was like the first day of training camp. 
He um, he had heat exhaustion. He's like, no, I'm going out there the next day. He practiced full pads, you know, full contact practice. Is throwing up all over himself. And uh, by the time they took him to the hospital, his body temperature was 108 degrees. All of this, by the way, I had to go look up again today. Because, again, a buddy of mine put this out, and I was like, you start to remember some of these things. George, one time I was on the sideline of a game, and um, one of the guys from the chain gang had a, uh, went into cardiac arrest, and the game was stopped for like 10 minutes. I want to say it was like a Charger-Raider game years ago in San Diego. And, um, but that, nobody knows the name of the guy on the chain gang. You know, he wasn't in uniform. He wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, or even, uh, we, we mentioned the soccer player earlier. The, the guy Christian from, Erickson. Yeah. Okay, didn't know his name. Um, and I think, tell, tell me if you remember this. Do you remember um, Gary Kubiak coaching the Denver Broncos and, and having some sort of a yes, heart, heart condition, condition in yep. game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said it earlier that it's surprising. I thought he, he might have been with the Texans by then. But may, yeah. You may be yeah. right. Yeah. The point is, is that, we are all human beings, yeah. and, and you hear about people all the time. You hear about so-and-so, he had a heart attack, and just dropped in. You're like, oh, my God. Like, it is amazing that we don't hear about more of these kinds of things happening, which is why I wonder, I can't help, my, this is just the way my mind works, I can't help but wonder, is this purely because of the hit to the chest, which looked like a million other NFL plays that we've seen, or will we find out that there was something that we didn't know? I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But I do think this puts things in a, in, in a perspective, I think, for you know everyone, uh, certainly, but athletes for sure in general, uh, pr- particularly those that play sports um, that are really brutal and violent um, like this one. I think it just kind of puts things in a unique perspective that only they can understand um, that most of us couldn't, to be honest with you. Uh, but LeBron's reaction, I thought, was very telling because it was a lot similar to the reaction everyone had. Like they had the same reaction you and I had, basically, as everyone was consuming this in one way, shape, or form. So, yeah. uh, coming up next, though, speaking of LeBron and the Lakers, uh, some interesting things have transpired while we've been away, and we wanted to kind of discuss that as well. So stick around; we'll get to that in two minutes. Thank you, Christopher. I'd like that promo that ran during the break, that Lakers promo. It was good. John was very excited. He had a reason to be excited this past weekend there, Cappy. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of days around the Lakers, hasn't it? I mean, first they had this losing streak. Then yeah. They had lost, uh, I believe, four in a row. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then Christmas was obviously the, the worst of it. Right. And then LeBron coming out at a press conference, and, I mean, I, I kind of said it the way you oh, no, no, to no, say no. it. No, no. Laura, do we have that audio of the LeBron press conference? Yeah, I mean, I was going to get to it later, but if you want to get to it now, we can well, do guess, that. Well, I guess my point is, though, is that when you when you think about where we were when we left, yeah, and where it was we bad. are yes. as we return, it was bad. There's been a lot of bad things that have happened around the Lakers, and then all of a sudden, in the last two games, yeah, LeBron on his birthday going crazy for 47, right, and then the victory last night, which they nearly gave away. I mean, they had a 24 point lead, yeah. Um, and, you know, Charlotte battled back and made it a competitive final score. Right. And, and with, with still not knowing for sure when Anthony Davis will be back and when he does come back, let me rephrase that, and if and when he does come back, how good he can be. Is he coming back to who he was prior to the injury? Is he know. coming back to the 35-point-per-night guy? So there's been a lot of stuff that has happened with the Lakers in the past, call it two and a half weeks, of which you were off. I was only off for like a week and change. Not even, just a week, a week and a day. Yeah. 
A lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, well, let me just kind of put December in perspective for you when it comes to LeBron James, okay? And there's one thing in particular that he's done that has been done out of necessity, okay? Because of what's around him at this point, okay? Which is a bigger discussion that we can get to later in the show, okay? Um, in December, do you want to know what, or guess what that thing is that he's been doing? that has allowed them to kind of stay afloat here? I'm curious to know where your head's at on this. Go for it. He's driving to the basket. He is literally just saying, okay, I'm going to put my head down. At 38 years old, I'm just going to go in there and take the take the hits. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do it. And he made, I, have, I looked this up, 106 layups and dunks in December. It's the most in any calendar month he's had since joining the Lakers, okay? And just to put it in even more perspective, okay, and what that actually means, because you're like 106. Well, what does that mean? Shouldn't he have 106? No, no, no. Let me explain to you, okay? There's only two other players, Cappy, that have made at least 100 layups or dunks in the month of December. Do you know who those two players are? Um, I don't, but I'll tell you this. I'll take a guess. I mean, one of them I would guess would be Shaquille O'Neal. No, this December. Oh, this past December. I thought <laughs> that would have been a lot like of Decembers ago. Yeah, because yes. I was going to say, like, maybe there's nobody who's doing this. Yeah. No, in the last, th- this past December, too. Okay. All yeah. right. How about Giannis? Is he on Giannis this list? Giannis is one. That's a good guess. That's How a good guess. That? Do you want to know who that? the other person is? Joel Embiid, maybe? No, but it's Zion. Oh, okay. Well, there's, a, but those are a couple, first of all, they're significantly younger. Mm-hmm. And secondly, at this stage of LeBron's game, he probably would prefer to not be doing that, obviously, whereas those guys, they're tanks. Right. Th- those they're guys young. are beasts. Yeah, right. They're going to the basket. Yeah. So LeBron averaged over seven, 17.3 paint points in December. That's the most in any calendar month is in his entire career. But wow. again, being done out of necessity mm-hmm. because there's, there's no choice. If they want to try to win games, this is what they have to do. And then to your point, you mentioned the 40-point games or whatever it is that he had. Um I mean, it's basically a list of two <laughs> of players eight, 38 or older to go for 40, 10, and 5, which is what he did. Yeah. It's Michael Jordan and him, and he's now done it twice in a yeah. week, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, I think that LeBron, and, and again, going back to last week when he made his comments about you know what he thinks he can bring to a team when it has the right supporting cast, you talk about a guy who in week one or game one, hey, we don't have a bunch of lasers. He's right. Okay? Okay, we still we, don't have any lasers. Right. But but that was like that was like roster analysis yeah. almost. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, hey guys, look, you know, here's how our team is constructed. We don't have this. So this is what is gonna happen in all likelihood. Whereas now he's actually kind of saying, I cannot do it on my own with this roster. And what he's not saying is, but we all know what he's saying is Anthony Davis is always hurt. Russ is not really a contributing, winning player, even though he's become a better teammate this year. And the roster itself, it's not championship caliber. Now, if I were to go to a team that was close, based on what I bring to the table, we could actually do some damage. And I'm not really sure I want to sit around and just play ball for the sake of playing ball for the next couple of years. It's not how I'm wired. And so, all of a sudden, LeBron is um, he not exactly bashful so much anymore he not well listen beating around the bush this is not the first time this is now multiple times where he's had this conversation and again what lindsey's efforting to find the sound right now because i think that uh, you know i'm guessing the hardcore laker fans heard this but i'm assuming someone who's tuning in today and again if you're just tuning in 
Um, we've talked a ton today about the sad situation and the, just the awful, terrible situation in the NFL with DeMar Hanlon yesterday. Um, so we're obviously going to keep you up to date on what's going on with DeMar Hamlin um, if we have any news. Um, in the interim, we will we will weave our kind of normal sports conversation into these conversations uh, about DeMar. And in this case, we're having a conversation about the Lakers because LeBron obviously commented about DeMar last night. So with that said, it's not the first time this year he's done it. And honestly, can you blame him? Like, do you blame him? At this point for being like, because people say, well, and, and I'm the first to tell you, you know, LeBron is like the king, but he's also the king in being passive aggressive. But this is not passive aggressive. No, this is, this this is, is aggressive aggressive. Saying, yeah, this is straight up telling you what he wants. And, and listen, um, I don't think that Laker fans would have a monster problem if the Lakers organizationally accommodated LeBron who is asking to get out. Uh, I don't think that that's where we're at. I think you're skipping a lot of steps. I'm just trying to get to the end here, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, but it, that's not where we... First of all, you, you, you can't get I there. Understand, There's but, a whole half of... More than half of a season that needs to be played out still but, but before when, you get there. But There's when, a lot of basketball. I would say that there's a better... Look... If we're really being honest with each yeah. other, and I know yeah. that you've you've been on this other side of this on this other hill mm-hmm. about like don't trade picks, don't just let everything kind of make itself work. I would say the complete opposite at this point. Even more now that now I've been on the other hill of like trade them picks, right? But I would add that LeBron and Laker fans deserve a chance to see what they could do with reinforcements in a fairly open western conference at this point okay yeah. now i hear you i mean I, if you look at the western conference okay do you know how many games divide the first from the ninth seed the number of games that uh, uh i don't know about four five six i mean it's not that many i mean everybody's kind of bunched up four and a half is the answer to that question pretty close the lakers are only two games out of the 10 spot like if you get him some players they might actually be involved in the conversation. And to your point, you just mentioned you think, I mean, we're not doctors clearly, but if Anthony Davis can come back this season and you can get LeBron some parts that fit and some reinforcements, you're seeing what you wanted to see it. You said, I want to see the king. I want to see the guy. I thought LeBron, even at 38, can be the guy that can carry a team like he's always carried a team. Well, for a stretch in time, I don't know how long he can keep this up at 38. You have it now. Yeah. I mean, remember what I said to so you? So now what? But, well, here's the thing. Remember when I said to you, he's superhuman, and I still expect him at 38 years old to be what he was at 28 years old, and you would say to me, he can't be what he was at 28 because he's 38. It's just human nature. And then he puts up performances like these where he says, you know what? Okay, you guys can't play. Nobody can hit a shot. We can't win a game unless I do everything. So guess what? I'll just do everything. And he is, he is a freak of nature that at his age, he can do this. And by the way, I didn't know the stats that you just hit us up with about all the points that he scored driving to the basket. Yeah. Those stats tell you that he is taking this team by himself. Yeah, literally. And saying, I'll do this on my own and we'll see what we can do. But otherwise, there's no sense in sharing the ball because yeah. you guys aren't getting it done, so I'll just do it on my own. Correct. However... I just want to say this So just part get of it, the man some reinforcements. Well, the other part of it is this, though, is that we don't really know 
if or when Anthony Davis will come back. And we also don't know if he does come back, will he be the Anthony Davis who was playing the best basketball of his career in that stretch? So because we don't know that, I'm still on the side of you're going to have to just get through this season with this roster. Still? Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. Why? The West, I just told you the West is there's four and a half games separating the top nine seeds. No, you make a solid point. You, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm there just is saying. no reasonable reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, no one who is reasonable thinks that this West is not up for grabs right now. Oh, it's it's wide open, really. So why can't the Lakers be part of it if they make the right deal? Well, let me ask you this: Does the right deal include trading Anthony Davis? Does the right, right deal include what? Trading Anthony Davis. No. But but on the other hand, we're not really sure if he comes back and if he does, what he'll be, right? Um, well, I'm assuming if he's cleared to play, he's going to be able to play at least at some level, right, of like that, we're, uh, that we expect him to play at. And then do you hold your breath every time he goes to the basket? Well, that's going to happen for the rest of his career, though. Yeah. So that's, but you see, therein lies my issue. But is, that's never going to change. Well, and he's under contract for several years. I know, but but you, there may be a, a school of thought here where you're like, look, I know how great he is when he's healthy and he's playing, but because he can't stay healthy and stay on the floor, maybe maybe he is a movable piece. And if you told me today, hey, look, we can trade Davis and get X, Y, and no, Z. No, you're not doing that. Okay, well, I mean, just you're telling me that they got to make a move. But why would you want to trade Anthony Davis knowing what he was just doing before his injury? Because he can't stay healthy. Okay, but you know what? Neither can a lot of guys. Like, the, Kawhi Leonard can't stay healthy, and the Clippers aren't trading him. No, but the Clippers are kind of using a pitch count, if you will. Right, right, but when was the last time he played? You don't even remember, because you don't know. Because no. I don't even remember, and I work in the damn sport! No, I couldn't tell you the last time. I mean, I don't watch Clipper games, so I couldn't tell you. But... Um, you're not trading Anthony Davis right now, bro. First of all, you'd be trading, again, like we've talked about numerous times, you'd be trading... At the worst possible time. No doubt. His value is low, which is why, by the way, which is why I'm still on the side of don't make any moves, wait until the offseason, clear out Russ, and then try and build a new roster. So you're going to waste another year of the man's life. It's it's sad, man. As a basketball player. It is terribly sad. However... That is... Let me tell you something. Yeah. If that happens... Yeah. You're going, he's going, I don't, I'm I'm not saying this for sure. He is more inclined to then say the thing that you want me to get to, which is the end. This is, I know what you're doing. You just want me to say he's more inclined to walk if that scenario plays itself out. When you say walk, you mean like retire? Like walk. Maybe retire. Maybe um, ask for a trade. I don't know. But I, 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 and again, I, I don't know any of this. This is all reckless speculation on my part. But I would say just as a human being, I would be more inclined to do that. And I actually think that is a huge backfire potentially for the Lakers there. On the other hand, he might um, you know, get through the season. The Lakers don't really make any noise, which at this point I don't know that anybody expects them to, although you bring up a solid point about how, how bunched up everybody is and how nobody's run away with the West. But... Um, you might get to the end of the season, and he might say, I want to get out of here, and if you can trade him and get a lot and start all over, I think there's a lot. I don't know fans. how much is a lot. I don't know how much leverage you're going to have. We can let me, Let's let's discuss this in the next hour, because we got to go to break. It. All right. All right. Let's do that. We'll also give you what we know, the latest on DeMar Hamlin, uh, the 
defensive player for the Buffalo Bills, as we're all hoping for good news here sooner rather than later. We'll get to that coming up as well next. 